Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Now, you may know that I wrote my book about five years ago and started this radio station, I think it was well over two and a half years ago. And as much as I love learning reasons to believe in the afterlife, to be honest with you, my biggest reason for doing all of this has been helping people through grief. And there is no doubt in my mind that grief is the worst pain that any human being can feel. Years ago, when I was just starting out and trying to get my message out there, I met the woman who is our guest today. Not only did she help me share my message and she promoted my book, but she has become just a dear friend of mine. And I think it's time for you to meet her. So meet Angie Cartwright, who is the founder of National Grief Awareness Day and has about 2 million weekly views on her Grief the Unspoken Facebook pages, helping people through grief. Her own personal grief has caused her to become an advocate that helps others. She's been a radio show host, a blogger, a national speaker. She helped organize the National Grief Convention. She's currently the co-author of My Grief Diary, a workbook for those experiencing grief, and she is the original grief diary coach. I'm excited to introduce you to this woman who has helped me so much on my journey, and I know she can help you on yours. So Angie Cartwright, my friend, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you, Sandra. It's it's such a good thing to be here tonight and being with you again. Yeah, it's I just I still remember that moment I first messaged you when I had my book and yeah. you had such a huge audience and I said, Well, I've got this book and chapter ten's on grief. Would you share it? And you didn't know me yeah. and you did. Yeah, and I and I'll, I'll always remember that. I, I come from a place like you that you know, um there's many people that do, you know, offer things out there and, and we do have the closed groups and, um, you know, in those closed groups, we try to keep that, you know, pretty well just for grieving and, and not for, um, you know, commercials and, and selling this and selling that. And, and, you know, and that wasn't what was first up into your heart, you know, you wanted to really just give it to people and allow them to have the experience and there was no strings attached. And, so I remember bringing it into the groups and, and people really loved it and, and really uh, enjoyed it. And um, you really, really helped some people with that. And yeah. I'll always, always remember that. You were yeah. the first one. Thank you. Yeah. And I will always remember yeah. you too. It was such a special thing. And yeah. I know, and many of the listeners don't know this, but after my dad died, I created an audio called How to Survive Grief. And secretly mm-hmm. I was studying the afterlife. But this mm-hmm. audio that I created not only helped people um, through grief, but so many people came and sent me emails that said they chose not to commit suicide. And so I mm-hmm. never, ever in a zillion years would think I would tell anybody about my afterlife journey, so to speak, because I thought people would think right. I was a weirdo. And uh but I had the courage to do it. And then I slipped that audio, you know, chapter 10 is that yeah. information about grief. And since that's happened, I mean, there's been so many people that have been helped. And even with this show, um, you know, yes, I love sharing afterlife stories. And this episode is a little different because we're going to talk about something that unites so many of us. And that's we've experienced the loss of a loved one. Um, right. That's why I, I really just to reconnect with you and, and hear your story. And I just think you, at this point, now I can give back to you by being able to share oh. you with so many people that are, I know you'll, you'll make a difference with. So, Well, thank you. It's an honor that you're having me on here. And um, I always love to tell my story. I don't think like, and we've spoke before about this, that, you know, grief isn't something that you're um, going to, you're, you know, you're younger and you're, you're going to, you, your dream to grow up and be a doctor or a lawyer or, or what have you. And I never set out to um, think that my life's work would be about grief, but it is about grief and it's nothing more than um, my heart. I mean, it's the, the, the thing that just comes and flows through me. And of course it started from a life of grief before it became, you know, helping others grieve. I had to 
walk my own grief journey. And of course, I still am on a grief journey. I think I'll always be on one. And so I like to meet others on in their path. And your dad had passed and we had talked about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited here tonight to be with you yeah. and um, to talk about this, this grief because it's not taboo for me. It's not a taboo subject and it still is today. But I think we're, I think we're touching, we're on the, and I've said it before and I'm going to keep saying, I think that we've touched a place in a lot of people's hearts over the years that that's changing. Yes. Um, you're, you're hearing the word grief on TV more often than not, just in series, TV series. The other day I heard, you know, and I'll catch on to that. And, and it's like, well, she's grieving. You know, the, the girl says back to the girl in the movie and, you know, just to hear something like that, you know, change is happening as we speak, but we do have a lot of work to do. So I'm grateful to be one that gets to do that. Mm-hmm. And people listen and and watch you. And um, every so often I peek at your grief, the unspoken. <laughs> you have a main Facebook page and you've got all kinds of groups and there's just millions of people that go through and there's always inspirational yeah. and it's always inspiration and always hope. So let's talk if we could about your journey. And I know it's a bittersweet one because it comes from sure. grief, but I can't help sure. but think with a lot of us, it's the thing that hurts us the most is the, the thing that transforms us to who we are. And then we get to find our um, life's mission, so to speak. So yeah, yeah talk to us about yeah. your in your past. Okay. My friend. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for letting me speak tonight. Um, I, you know, my first experience and some of this is in retrospect, uh, was when I was five years old and, and I do remember this death. Um, my sister was 11 months old and I was five years old and she had been sick for a few days and, and, um, and on the third night of her being very ill, and I remember that night specifically, she brought my, my sister home from the hospital and, and her name was Erica and Erica had been crying pretty much nonstop for three days, you know, on and off. And, um, and so my mother took another doctor and, and brought her on home. And, uh, my mom, for whatever reason that night decided to have me and my sister, Jenny and, um, Erica, um, and the bassinet out living room, I guess, just for us all to kind of be together and keep us all as kids together next to her. And, um, and so that night she gave Erica a bath and Erica was pretty well crying about that bath. Didn't like it too well. And, um, but it was to bring the fever down. And I don't know, she must've gotten some medicine for Erica or, or, you know, something like that from the doctor and got her comforted. And finally Erica started, you know, had went on to sleep. Well, we went ahead and laid down and went to sleep with her. And now I'm five years old. So Five-year-olds usually, they get up earlier than mom and dad most of the time, and they're pretty curious kids, you know, and I was a, you know, a caretaker by that age anyway, and um, I got up to check on my sister, and, you know, at, at five years old, I knew what death looked like, and um, I went to my mom, and I said, Erica's not, Erica's not, um, doesn't look right, mom, and I knew it was death, and I couldn't say the word dead. Um, but, um, I woke her up and all I can remember is her just, you know, grabbing my sister up and taking her out the front door. And at that point in my life, thought our life's going to never be the same at a five-year-old, you know, in a five-year-old's brain for me to perceive that this death, our life was never going to be the same. When I look back at that, you know, it's pretty deep. Uh Um, and so that was the first time that I experienced loss. Um, get a little bit older. Um, we lost a friend in high school. He had uh, committed suicide, not high school. I'm sorry. It had been junior, it had been junior, junior high, middle school, but in middle school. And, you know, he was just a happy go lucky guy. He's a lifeguard at the swimming pool. His name was Philip. And, and, you know, you, you hear it a lot with, with suicide, you know, you would have never known that this, um, young man had, what was going on inside of him going on. Um, he died by suicide down in his parents' basement and it shook, you know, it shook the whole school and he was a class clown and he was always making jokes and just having a great old time and having fun. And, and that was, and that was pretty shocking. Um, and then we had one more friend that I, that really shook my world. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Hannah virus, um, no. but she, she had horses and, um, 
and she was cleaning out stables and stuff like that. And it opened up a closet that had, I guess, the antivirus is from mice, mice feces. And it can, it's a, it's a, it can kill people. And especially if they're in a closed off area and there's some mice in there and, you know, that, the, that from that virus comes like in the air, basically. And she had already, she already had struggled with having pneumonia every year and stuff like that. Her lungs were always pretty, um, weak. And, um, she inhaled that antivirus, um, that day and was gone from this earth, um, you know, within 24 hours. And she was just, you know, the light of our lives. And we had the slumber parties, you know, and Uh the skating parties and all of that stuff. So those two, two deaths were in school and they were one after the other. And, and I remember going to Sandra's, Sandra, sorry, Shonda, Shonda's funeral. And she just didn't look right, you know, and everything in me wanted to look at her, but everybody else was looking away. And, and I don't know, I think that's part of another part of me that was like, not comfortable, I don't know how you get comfortable around death, but that, you know, I, I was comfortable. And, um, of course, it didn't look like her and stuff like that. And that, that bothered me for quite a long time. But, you know, in the sense, it also brought me some peace that I was able to, to see her and, and, um, you know, tell her I love her and all of that and, and not block any of it out. Um, but, and, and then, so we go into my family life and, um, I had an uncle who had schizophrenia and he, um, sadly was in a, was in a state hospital and he skipped the med line and, um, he, his paranoid schizophrenia and he had skipped the med line and he just, he took his belt off that he had on and, uh, went to a back st- stairway and died by suicide that way. And, um, and, you know, and that was just, I'll, I'll never forget them telling my mom, um, us kids for some reason knew first. And I remember driving over to our parents' house and they just like circled my mother and I couldn't hear everything, but I knew it, my, my uncle Tony was gone, you know, and, and she just dropped to the ground and I'll never forget that. Um, her just how devastating that was for her. And, uh, um, and she actually had just had my baby sister. Um, so they had waited a day and a half to tell her because she was in the hospital giving life mm-hmm. while, while her brother took his life. And, uh, well, I, we say today died by suicide instead of take. And I, I like that better. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I do believe it's a disease yes. of mental health and mental health issue. Um, so I had to correct that. Um, so, you know, she has, she has a child and her brother's passed away. And then, um, the grandmother would be my great grandma, but her grandmother who raised her died by cancer. And it was a really very fast and quick death. It was very shocking to everybody. Um, and then, and I'm going to catch my breath here for a second. Let's see. There's some blurry time on the time frame here. But um, we got a call, and my grandfather, who had been pretty much, you know, a widow for many years, because Grandma died when I was in teen years, you know, and I'm in adult years by now. And you know, he was 80 years old, and he smoked smoked a corn pipe and everything, you know, and mm-hmm. retired from the sugar beet factory, and you know, and he fed birds and squirrels, and you know, your average average grandfather. Um, you know, we always knew he missed grandmother and all of that. But what happened was, is he was found in his tub shot by a shotgun and, and it made to look like it was like that he had done that. Oh, and, terrible. um, yeah. And we, the family sooner, very soon found out that he had had two people living there that he was trying to help. He was renting a room to them. And there, you know, there was a bunch of stuff that went on between, you know, between them that wasn't good at all and you know checks missing from my grandpa's house and things stolen and all of that and just the way that the the suicide looked staged um it was investigated for a homicide for murder and um they've never been able to figure out or prove 
that they did it. So the families always believed that, you know, my grandfather was taken by, you know, somebody else's hands, not his own. Uh And uh, that just rocked our family, you know, to the core. Um, And then we, I'm turning about 21 by now. And I get married to this rock and roll singer and he's singing a band, you know, and I'm 21 years old. And mm-hmm. at 21, you think different things than you do at 44. I'll tell you that. I'm 44 now. <laughs> <laughs> but at 21, you know, uh, he was a singer in a rock and roll band and we'd gotten married and um, just we're having fun in life, living life, you know, at, at 21 years of age. And um, him and I were in a wreck. Um, going, we were going home and we were in a wreck and it was due to, to alcohol use. He was drinking and, uh, and he over, he drove really, really fast and he wrecked the car and it killed him instantly. Wow. And, um, you know, I climbed out of that with nothing but, um, you know, a bruised ear on the passenger side to this day, I woke up with a seatbelt bruise, came to with a seatbelt bruise on me. And um, I tried to find him that night and uh, couldn't find him and had to go get rescue. And it was a very long, long story. But um, losing him at 21 was pretty devastating for the next probably, I could say, eight years or so. Um, and that was in, well, that'd be in 1996 is when he passed. And so the next death that our family experienced, and it had been right before I started all this grief stuff, um, was my mother in 2010, um, who had been, um, in recovery for quite a long time, relapsed. And, um, eventually through the relapse, she went out one more time and, um, did some things, you know, got, Uh she relapsed and used chemicals and, um, died of a drug overdose, accidental overdose. And why they call it accidental is that because, you know, it's, um, intentional would be more on died by suicide. Yes. You know, they would have planned it. There would have maybe been a letter. There have been something like that. Accidental is that, you know, they were doing whatever they were doing and they went to sleep and didn't wake up and it wasn't intentional for them to pass. So that's why they call it an accidental overdose. And so that sent me, you know, it just, what it did for me, Sandra, I mean, of course, I went through all the grief stuff, you know, just the horrible what, you know, if you want to define grief, you can get a thousands of different uh, definitions of grief. Uh-huh. And um, I have my own, and many of us do. And I went was going through all of that. But but when since we're on the show, and we're talking about grief and talking about helping people is that what I found out after I came home and, you know, I shut the door and now grief really begins. You know, because you do the funeral and you do all that stuff. And then the next thing you know, you know, you're left with the real grief setting in, you know, and people can do and people do what they can do. And then they have to go back to work, you know, and Uh and um, and we say calls stop coming in. And and some of this is really true. Calls stop coming in. Friends stop coming around, you know, and, and it's really about not knowing what to do and not knowing what to say. And us as educators. Uh, you and I both know that that's partly our job is that it's not necessarily to be mean. It's that they don't know what to do and they don't know what to say and they're not comfortable. They're scared. So they're, scared. they're scared. Oftentimes they're scared. your friends disappear and you think they disappear, well, yeah. you know, um, they don't know. And as a what grieving person myself, I don't know if I wanted a lot of people around at times. Right. You know? Um, and so it's kind of come here, go away. And, um, and being, you know, being the grief advocate on that is, is, is educating society on, you know, some of the do's and some of the don'ts and some of the, we could try this and we can try that, but each family's different. Um, and so it, it's not one, one thing fits all. I mean, that's why I'm so grateful that when I got here back in 2011, that, you know, I started meeting you and uh, meeting uh, uh, so many different people that have been, been here before me. Um, and, or we're getting on line at the same time that I was and was really interested in, in, in helping others who were grieving because of their own grieving experiences. You know, they knew that they, they, they knew how they felt and they knew that, you know, they wanted to reach out to others and help them. 
And and what happened is I was on social media one day, just really having a bad grief day, you know, having a bad mom day, I call it. And uh, I and I, you know, to me at that time, honestly, Facebook was for kids. Yes. And I really hadn't been on the Facebook thing. I, mm-hmm. I think I even had an account, but I hadn't been on that thing in years. You know, but you know, over those times, Facebook grew to to the adults, you know, and to the industries and to the businesses and to you know, so it had grown a lot since I had been on there. Internally, what was going on was the same stuff was happening with grieving people that was happening with grieving people in 1996, because in 1996, six months later after Tom had died. I'd gotten a grief pamphlet thrown in my face and told me I needed to move on and get over it, and I had kids to raise. Oh, man. So then let's speed it up, and I'm thinking times have changed, and you've got to you know, be more open-minded, Angie. You're going to need to get some help for this grief with your mom. you know. So I went into a therapist's office, and God bless the therapist. You know, They're only taught what they're taught. You know, and and so they're given what they're they're given, and I you know I got screened, and they knew what I was needing, and um, I got sent to this lady, and I'm probably not even four weeks, five weeks out of grief, and most of us who are in this, you know, do the grief work, then they know that a grieving person, even at five weeks, their mind is racing, they're still traumatized, they're still, you know, they're not able to do maybe some of the things that the lady had mentioned to me one of them was she said I went through the whole story and you know how bad it was and how my mom had been found on the floor and you know and it was pretty pretty hard details you know to talk about and that lady said so you know she kind of closed her folder and turned her you know kind of looked at me and she said have you ever tried chanting and, you know, Sandra, at that time, my mind was racing. I was traumatized. There was no way I could calm down. If I could have calmed down, I would have. And, you know, I, I let the lady finish doing what she was doing, but that was really the only first tip she was going to give me was to go home and start. And, and chanting is part of meditation. Uh-huh. And um, it's a form of meditation, if I'm correct. And so there was like you know what what I came out of it with is that we're still not we still were not qualified we're not qualifying our our counselors in the you know in the business to to help the people who are grieving right and and it put a little fire under me <laughs> like you're going to do something about this yeah, yeah and here you know it's a, it was a calling you know i mean nobody really gets like I said you know we don't wake up and go mommy i'm going to be a grief advocate or, or a grief coach or, you know, I'm, I'm going to do, no, you know, it was a calling and, um, and it was a call for change, but it was also a call for, you know, some hope and some relief because I knew as a grieving person, what I really would like to be able to do and say, I mean, on the simplest level mm-hmm. would be, you know, we formed a little group on, on grief, on, on Facebook. And I called it specifically grief, the unspoken because grief wasn't being spoken about. Mind you, I hadn't been all over Facebook yet, and there had been grief groups already started. So, I mean, there had been people way before me. Compassionate friends have been here for a long time. You know, there were people way here before me. But in general, you know, grief in general, it it was still had all those roadblocks. And so I started just trying to figure out as a grieving person what what would help me. And and so my group started out with about 50 people, and um, now I think we're at. I I don't know my group numbers, and we don't we don't normally we don't celebrate numbers, but it it does have a, a reason to be talked about here. I think my page, if I'm right, Sandra, just turned like 500,000. Mm-hmm. I think it did, and what that tells me is that grief, you know, people die every day. And that means a grieving family is affected. When one person dies, I don't know how many are affected. It can be five. It could be 20. Yes, It could be 50. It could be 100 that send people back to social media. You know, Um, they're looking for a place to go. They're looking to be able to to relate. They're looking to be validated, you know, and 
and those were some of the things that I needed myself. You know, I, I, I already knew that I needed to take care of the kids, you know. I already knew those things. I already knew that, you know, I couldn't live unhealthy, even though I might have been living unhealthy at the time. Mm-hmm. I I know those things. And so when you, you know, and then if it being asked, like, how are you, you know, that's just a simple, another example of how are you, a grieving person is very hesitant to talk about that because, I'll, I'll give you my example, um, is I had had, uh, my mother loves snow. And so it was like in November and it was the first snow after her passing. And it hadn't been long because she died in November. So, you know, it could have been two or three months or so like that because we were still in winter. And we would get all giddy and get our hot chocolate out and get maybe a good movie and some munchies and things like that, you know, the first pretty snow. And we just loved it. Uh, my mom just loved it. I could, I can see her face now, just the way she would light up, you know, when she would do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm like, I'm thinking to myself as I'm grieving, this is something neat. I'll light a candle and I'll celebrate and honor my mother and, you know, and get some snacks and a little movie or something like that and try to honor her and kind of, you know, not make myself happy, but try to, to celebrate my mom's life. Well, what happened was, is the snow started coming in and I'm laying in bed watching that movie and I'm under a warm blanket and my mind goes directly to where my mom is at. And my mind at that time, even though I'm a believer of God and mm-hmm. I have a believer that we don't die, but at that time my mom was in the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was just her body or not, her body was in the ground and she was cold. So the next day I ran into a friend and I attended a meeting and she said, well, how are you? You know, how was last night or something like that? She's just trying to be kind and all of that. And I, there was that hesitation to say anything. And I thought, you know what? She asked me how I was doing, you know, and I know she cares for me. So I told her the story and, you know, and her reply was, well, Angie, you can't, you just can't think of things like that. You just can't go there like that. Oh, my gosh. You know, and the truth, yeah, the truth of the matter is that she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, she didn't know not better. Whatsoever. Right. She didn't. She was trying to comfort me. She's not been taught anything different. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taught what we're taught. We're given what's passed on. And so she she gave me the best that she could give me, you know, and she and she did care. And I wasn't, you know, upset with her. I mean, but what it did is it, it validated that it still hasn't changed, you know, that people still don't know what to say. Because the thing about the graveyard is, no, I'm not going to stay there. Naturally, I don't want to. That's not a place you want to stay. Um, but that was my experience, and that's how I was feeling. And that is the stuff that a griever may tell you if you ask them. But because of the, you know, people not knowing what to say, a lot of times grieving people won't talk about it. When you don't talk about grief, I've said this many times, when we don't talk about grief, it becomes deadly grief. Yes. Because we can get unhealthy. People can increase their drinking, their drug, their drug. they can turn to drugs. Mm-hmm. We can turn to food. We can turn to sex. We can turn to um, people die by suicide. That's correct. Just because they've not been able to get it all out and, mm-hmm. and be validated, you know. And so uh, that's kind of my, my journey as far as that part goes. Can I ask Did you about you get into- the groups? Yes, please. The, what, from what I know about Angie, there's a main Grief the Unspoken um, yes. Facebook page. And then there's a whole bunch of groups that she's created um, right. for grieving parents, grieving siblings. I mean, you got a lot of groups. Yes, I don't even do. remember. And I think half that we them, were but... like at 24 groups or something like that. Yes. Um, and we've had them since 2000, and most of them have been since about 2011, 2012. Um, but they're private you know, groups, so if they're private groups, and and I and, and in my groups they're pretty strict. Mm-hmm. We've even done some stuff here lately that's gotten a little bit stricter. And there's good reasons for that. It's that my main goal was to take a group or or groups. And I did break them down into, I have 
one main group where all grieving people can come together. Mm -hmm. But at times that can really upset a grieving person. You may have a grieving mother in the main group with a person who's lost a pet. Well, those times people can rub heads together. You know, it doesn't go very well. Yes. We both understand, I understand um, as the founder that, that both sides to that. And so I thought, how can I help that person who lost their pet? And how can I help the grieving mother? So I started making separate groups for them to go into. And then the main group can be the, you know, a place of socialization or once they start feeling a little bit better in their parent group and they're not maybe, you know, that stuff's not going to bother them as much and, and, and they feel like they could, then they, they sometimes come to the main group. We've got people who have three groups they attend. There's no classes in the groups. Um, we, we are a zero tolerance for people selling anything in there because my main goal was to keep that a sanctuary. Yes. All them, they're sanctuaries. That's what they're there for. Um, sometimes I've gotten, been given heck about not being able, you know, to sell, you know, because I've got great friends. I've wrote a book. And you wrote a book. I've got friends that have written wonderful books. There are wonderful books out there, you know, uh, or or how about music or, you know, whatever. There's so many great things and resources for grieving people. And, you know, they want to, the people who have done them want to bring them to the grieving people. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But, you know, they can see that out on their regular Facebook. Um, we can see it on TV. We can see it on the Internet. We can see it in our news feeds. But in the closed groups, even myself, you know, whether I'm fundraising was another thing, you know, fundraising or anything like that. My book is not in there. You right. know, people are like, why don't you put your book in there? It's your group. No, I'm going to keep myself to the same thing is that any fundraising I do or any book that I have is not going in my groups. Yeah. Can I, I just want to share yeah. a little bit because mm -hmm. like, for instance, I've lost my father, even though they're not lost, I've got 234 other episodes to say they're still all around us. But, yeah, but even, and they are. Even and they when, are. yeah, even when my dad took his last breath, as we know, he suffered and battled cancer, and I knew everything I knew about the afterlife, and yeah, and it still hurts. So, I mean, grief is something still we still have to go through, but it's so comforting to talk to other people that lost a parent and and get the hope that yes. okay they've been they're a few months or years ahead of me but they're making it through yeah and you even bring up pets when i brought my millie it was with my aunt my cat uh, and i never liked cats but this little cat literally snuck into my house and snuck into my <laughs> heart and we had her for over 11 years but when we had to take her to the vet she was so Aww. sick you know i it was De it was just devastating that that and yeah. you know my aunt and I came home just crying miserably and we buried yes. her even though we weren't supposed to do that in our backyard we did it anyway um yes yes but to be able to talk to people that are there I mean we love our pets so unconditionally more so than humans they're, sometimes they're family yes but, they're family but I get it when you have a parent that just lost their child and then someone else gr grieving the loss of yeah. their cat, Millie. Yeah. You know, then there's right. a lot of anger that can be involved in the grieving process that it's yeah. good to keep those groups separate. And there is the yeah. home base for just general, if if people yeah. want to just post yeah. general things about gr grief. But I know you have a lot of people in those groups. And yes. sometimes having that group is the only thing that keeps us going, is knowing we're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. And you for know all the work you've yeah, done with that. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Man, you're a good woman. And how about um how did um grief awareness day, National Grief Awareness Day come about? Oh goodness. Um well as we were talking about, you know, Angie getting a little fire under her <laughs> and wanting to do something, you know, I I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I knew there had to be a day that that we had this talk. One day a year where we were doing, we were educating people and raising awareness 
about grief and all that in all that it engulfs, all that it touches. Um, and I looked it up. I, you know, this is how new it was. I hit Google. You know, there goes. I'm going to go to Google, and I start. I put in National Grief Awareness Day, and all like all came up with was they do have a Children's Grief Awareness Day, and that happens in November of every year. And and I kept looking because you know sometimes just because you Google once that doesn't mean that they don't have it. So yeah. I tried different varieties of, of of names and things like that. And they didn't have it, didn't have it. And I went, you know, big hard swallow. And because, and, you know, it is a commitment and um, and, I, and I am committed to it. And I think it's one of the, for me, it's, it's you know, my life's work is part of, the, is, is National Grief Awareness Day sums it up for me. Um, you know, what I really thought about was how can we connect, how can we connect these, um, the bridges, you know? How can we connect people together? How can we connect grievers together? How can we have a grieving mom in with a with a wife that lost her husband? How can we do that? How can we connect friends and family back to a grieving person who might be be have had disconnection for a year? Let's say they hadn't seen each other for a year. How can we do that? How can we? And this is a big one. You know, a lot of times don't people don't like to change the wheel when the wheel's been built. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. how can we change the language and the dialogue surrounding grief? And that's been a big one. And, you know, how can we do that? Well, I realize we can do it only one day at a time. <laughs> that's right. And, and and that you need a lot of people uh, that you trust to come in and, and do their, their thing that they do, allowing others to be involved in that. Um, but it needed to be done. And so... What we've done is um, we've set up a, a oh no I'm going to go blank change.org has our petition on there to make National Grief Awareness Day a legal day of education and awareness. Now Excellent. we would think that you you know and people will say are you serious it's taking you know that long to get that many signatures? Well yeah it's taken a while but we have to remember that grief is not talked about. We still have that taboo. You know, we may have a lot of grieving people that have signed our petitions that are like, oh, yeah, you know, once you've experienced grief in its ugly form, you know, um, you're going to sign the petition and maybe some friends with you. But there's a lot of people that, you know, they're they're just really not. It's another petition. You and know? we get so much and, stuff to sign. But you have a get, lot of signatures. We are over and dated, over and dated, over, what is that? Inundated. Over, it right? Yeah. Inundated, thank inundated, you. Inundated yeah. with, with, with petitions, and so, um, you know, every year we try to do our best to get, um, you know, do the, do our the day the day comes and we try to do as much as we can to raise awareness. I can say that what has been really neat last year, I was able to put in a hashtag, and if you put the hashtag National Grief Awareness Day, you get to see a lot of what's going on, whether you're in Facebook or you're on Twitter or wherever. Great. Or you're on, um, you no, know, any one of them. Social site. Yeah, Instagram. any one of them. <laughs> and before I couldn't, you know, it was never like that. So it's neat to see the different businesses that are doing their own thing on that day. You know, they they want to know what they they can do. And besides signing the petition and asking others to sign it, is you know, is really whatever your company does, as you know, just get out there and let people know about it. You know, and uh, take some pictures and you know maybe. Uh, donate to a griefing, a, you know, a, a nonprofit grief. Um, there's there's a lot of grief um, businesses out there. I want to call them businesses, nonprofits out there that are mm-hmm. doing their best to. Um, one of them, uh, I can't remember the name right now. I'm having problems with names tonight, Sandra. That's okay. Um, well, you're, but they what they do is you're is talking they to help. millions of people. Angie, how's that for pressure? <laughs> now no, you're not going to no remember pressure. anything. No, <laughs> no, no, no pressure. Um, but what they do is they, um, we'll see. And then when I, if I talk to them later and they're saying, you talked to 10, <laughs> you didn't tell them our name. Um, no, no, but okay. what they do is, and I thought was really neat is they help grieving children. And what they do is they go in and they have a little meeting with the family and they find out what, like, let's say mom has passed. 
So they find out what was your favorite things to do with mom, you know, uh, what, you know, some of it's just been down to baking cookies and things like that. Other times it's been, you know, when they went to on a trip somewhere or whatever. Well, the, this nonprofit, they, they make the trip happen. They make the, or they make, you know, the cookies happen. However, however it's going to happen. And they are not a part of it. They are not a part of the cookie making or anything like that. What they do is they get everything that's needed for a trip or, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a restaurant, you know, so the bill's been paid. They're out of the way. Um, if their family needs a transportation, they will drive the family and get them there, but they completely stay out of the way to where it's just a family experience. Very nice. And it's for children. And I thought, you know, when I was a little kid, it would have been really neat to have someone come and create some stuff that my, my uncle, Tony, who passed, you know, just tragically, he was my favorite uncle. Uh-huh. And, you know, there, we had so much fun with him. And if they would have, you know, been able to come in and say, what what would you guys like to do? You know, gosh, they probably would have been like, well, we can only do one. <laughs> um, there were so many things. And it would have, what they do, it opens up the family to talk about their mom right. or their grandpa, you know, and it opens up the language of grief. As it opens up to, the language of the heart right there. As opposed to grief, the yeah. unspoken. And I know exactly that I've talked to enough people that what we teach about grief, you've got your own method, which we'll get to in a sure. little bit, but what we're teaching people like we we aren't growing up learning about grief the reality of grief there's no education on grief and then it's it hits you out of the blue and nobody's got any tools and you know if you've not grieved before which i think most of the listeners right now have you you don't see it coming and you actually think that it's something like we can control that, you know, you think you're going crazy or you get incredibly yeah. depressed or angry and, and you have to ride. The only way to the other side of grief is straight through it, unfortunately. Straight but through it. without mm-hmm. the education and the tools and the coaching and things, I can't tell you how many people I've heard that, you know, if I hadn't heard this or hadn't read that, I would have taken my own life. Yeah. And so for you yep. to be giving putting the word grief out there and having it not be a, a bad word, you know, be open. Yeah. yeah, It's a really great thing. So when is national grief awareness day? What is it? What day? Oh, what day is it? Um, it's on August 30th. Every year. Um, of every year. Yep. August 30th of every year. And why'd you pick that day? You know, and that day is uh, my mother's birthday. Beautiful. Yeah, it's my mom's birthday. That's really great. And I thought, what a great day to do that. She was a grieving mom that didn't know how, didn't have no tools or resources of any kind. And no. that's definitely another longer interview about her experience mm-hmm. with grief and and me with her while she was grieving. But you know, it's it's definitely in her honor that she can she's here. I know she's around us and, and, and she's happy that there are grieving moms that are being heard and validated and things like that. Grieving people in general, you know, not just grieving mothers, but grieving people are being heard and they're being listened to and they're being helped. Yes. Yes. And I'm even connecting yeah. so many great ones. I did an interview with a gal and I've been working with helping parents org. That's a great uh-huh. one as well. And, you know, there's there's a lot of people talking about the afterlife, um, uh-huh. and you know it's really interesting because I'm f- not finding any big egos. Everybody sharing each other's work, each other's books, each other's radio shows, yeah. just to make a, a difference. And it's the same thing in the in the grief world. It's like, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? And yeah. so it's great to share. Um, but I want to talk a little bit. I know you are. Uh, very educated in grief in not just creating your own pages. I mean, you've really done some extensive um, yeah. research and education as to what grief is and how to best help people through it. Can you talk about your book? I would love to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that, that book is uh, the first thing I always say about it is, you know, it's, it's definitely um, our angels out there uh, inspired 
uh, God inspired, but it's inspired. It's inspired by from the people who are grieving, um, and listening to them through their words that they write on the screens, and listening to them on the phone, and talking to them in person, and then of course bringing in my own um, experiences. Uh, I wanted something simple, and I wanted something that wasn't this book is going to cure you right kind of thing because it's not about being cured you know it's about finding that that love again that peace again just in new ways in new ways and in different ways and so I've done a lot of work over the years with different teachers different mentors things like that and and I also did some um, work right before I it wasn't right before I wrote the book, but probably about two years before I wrote the book, um, I had done some work um, with some people who really helped my grief with my mom, but also got pretty extensive with my life. It was more of a full catalog of grief, and so they they definitely are a big inspiration to me. Um, I ended up having so so I'm so so happy to have Linda. Champagne, Champagne, Sheldon Fell, Sandra, and Linda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get you guys messed up sometimes. Linda, Sheldon, and Fell, and she's been a guest twice on this show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She she came in and co-wrote. I asked her to come in and co-write with me on this book, and she she's a grieving mother, and she did an amazing job, and she did a lot of the pretty stuff that you see on there. That's not Angie's forte whatsoever, um, but. The bones of the thing is, you know, when I, we're a whole person and there's a lot to me and there's nothing wrong with heading into the book and doing, you know, one person that you've grieved. This is My Grief Diary um, is the name of the book, which is a yeah. workbook for you who's yeah, listening. Yeah, My Grief Diary. Yeah, you don't just read it and you're done with it. This is, you put your life in no. it. Yeah. You put your life in it, and 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 I don't want to give a lot away about it because there's some certain things in there that that if I said it tonight, then it might not be as impactful for the reader um, and for the writer, really, um, because you know you get to do some work in there and you get to see, hopefully, you get to see truly where you're at, where grief is at in your life, and then a way through it with each loss um, and it's uh, it's about all kinds of grief um, like we talked about earlier you know there, there's all sorts of ways we grieve we you know even in part of the book it's grieving the living you know I can give you an example of that sure and um, I myself have a, have some family members a few family members right now that are very very ill with addiction and I'm grieving them yes but they're alive, and so that's that's a whole that's a whole different kind of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's grief, and so we definitely put that in there. Um, so it's 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 it, there's no there's nobody that cannot do the book the book it's the diary because it's their diary their diary workbook their grief diary workbook, and so um, I, I'm excited about it and I've had good feedback on it. And um, I would like to, um, I think we were talking about going ahead and talking about the Grief Diary Coaching. Yes, um, you are the original yeah. Grief Diary Coach. <laughs> yes, the original. The original. And, um, yeah, and I would love to, um, if, I, if I'm if i emailed, nationalgriefawarenessday at gmail.com, I would love to do a 30-minute conference call, complimentary, of course to see if we could, you know, work together. Um, you know, it, I think I, I would tell a person that that's like, gosh, another book, you know, Sandra, another book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really the book itself is just the bones of the, of the stuff. It's just really the, it's just the guide itself. There's not a lot of words in it because we're the ones that, are, you're, you know, we are the writers of it. Yes. And so it's loaded full of questions questions and you know and 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 comments but it's not just something you're going to sit and read all day right 
you know, it's something you're going to be truly involved in. I'm really proud of you for doing this and also for putting yourself out there as a, as a grief coach, grief diary coach, because we human beings, you know, I think of like the Olympics are going on right now while we're recording this. It is February 11th when we're recording this, 2018, and currently Uh the Winter Olympics are on. And I think of the figure skaters that were on TV tonight and left to their own devices. We can only get so far, but who does each one of them have waiting for them as a coach that they've been working with that can see something that the athlete can't see? They can, they've seen others, they know how to work through it. And whether it's, you know, we hear about life coaches and business coaches and all kinds of things. Um, but that you don't have to go read a hundred books yourself on grief to get the impact of somebody who's been there who knows the best way through. And I think, um, to be able to have a workbook that you can write in, but not only that, is there something, so valuable than to talk to somebody like yourself. And you, I know you, Angie, you don't judge, you're not critiquing, you're not making anybody wrong, but you are somebody that I can cry and talk to and share. And this is my pain. And you listen and you love. Thank you. And then you, you're welcome. And then you get back to, you know, the point of these exercises in this workbook is to help people through that grief because there is another side to it. There is the day where you'll never forget and you'll never stop hurting and missing that person. But this, I know it. I remember the day that all of a sudden I remembered like this, like this black cloud was lifted and I could breathe again. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it took several years, but it was just right. like, oh my gosh. And I can't help but think, had I actually been talking to somebody, not trying to stumble through it on my own to realize, okay, this is a real, this is a real thing. You can't just turn it on, turn it off when you want to. No. You know, it, it helps no. to have someone to help navigate it. So um, if anybody's interested, Angie does offer a free 30-minute session to see if it's a fit for you um, with help through the grieving process. And she's very knowledgeable, very loving, and I think she custom tailors uh, packages uh, that can that can work for people. She's that kind yeah. of gal. But uh, tell us your email address again. Uh, it's National Grief Awareness Day. At, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Yeah. And I have a link to that right below this episode and also to Angie's <laughs> Facebook group. So you can, if you're listening on YouTube or somewhere else, you can, if you can get into the description, I have the link right there. Angie, could you give us just some tool to leave us with? If, um, it's always good to give, I think. And, um, sure. I mean, I know you can't give some of the exercises because they're very lengthy, but, yeah, if there's some people tonight or today or this morning, I don't know what time you the listening, you're listening, yeah. but you're coming to this and your heart is raw because there is a loved one who's, right. and I tell you, he listened to the other 234 episodes. I give you great evidence that they are walking yes. by your side, just invisible, but that exactly. raw pain is still there and the body must grieve yeah. is there some tools that you could just think of off the top of your head that could just help us help either ease the pain or give us some information or just something we could do to for ourselves you know i yes and i always pitch when someone asks me about can i give some advice or some tools my mind and my heart automatically go to somebody who is in the rawest form of grief. But mind you that you could be two years down the road and have the same feelings you did when you, when it first happened. Yes, true. So, but I picture that kind, that person being in that place and what, what, what could you say and see the people like, what do you say? What do you do? Well, you know, talking to just the griever, if if you are tonight 
listening to this and your heart is shattered and your world is upside down and there's no no there's nothing that's going to make you feel better you want them with you that's what you want you know you want this over you don't you want your old life back um i would tell i would tell you that when you can hear these words or maybe write them down and 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 maybe they'll come to you in a couple of days is that don't hide your grief grieve freely as much as you can grieve your way don't harm yourself but get but get get with the group like we were talking tonight with the groups find a group on facebook it's all free where you can openly talk about how you're feeling without judgment or bias or any of that kind of thing um if you want to listen to music listen to music if you want to um take all their pictures out and look at them and listen to music do that a lot of times we try to grieve the way we think society wants us to grieve and so we're trying to just keep it all together and that's where we become really miserable i had to finally give myself permission to grieve freely and what that meant was is that let's just say i'm going to give an example there's a baby shower coming up and somebody calls and says hey you know do you want to come you know you you do not need to feel bad that you're not going to make it you know that time is for you and it's precious time as long as you're not damaging yourself um don't worry about the i'm going to cry forever if i cry I know that I've cried and cried and cried and cried, but I finally did stop crying. It's okay to let it out. Sander, I really think that the biggest the biggest suggestion is to let people know that it's okay to just be a mess, to grieve freely, to, to you know, I'm sorry, eat that cheesecake if that's what you're doing. <laughs> you know, uh, to not limit yourself and to not act. You know, telling you not what to do is don't act like you're okay when you're not, you know. Those things encage us, they imprison us, and they make our grief, even in that moment, worse than it would be if I was crying freely. That's right. If I was sitting in a room with a family or, or around friends and, you know, some people, will, and I know I know you've been with people or family that are like, you know, well, they're not here now and they don't want you to be a mess and all that. You may not be able to grieve freely like you want to right now, but I do know that I had to make a statement within my family to let them know that I was going to grieve freely because I wasn't going to die of this. Because silent grief is a deadly grief. And so, you know, I'm the one that can empower myself and I can allow myself to be just where I'm at. Um, I've seen so many people lock down tight and act like they're okay. The keeping up with the Joneses in the grieving community is not for us. It's not healthy. It is not for us. It is not healthy. I've even no. read that the tears, the chemical makeup of grieving tears are different than we need them. regular tears. We need them. And to yeah. let it out, and, and just even if you have yeah. the visual that it's poison, yeah. if you don't, let it out. Yeah, and you know, you can visualize that those tears have stories in them. You know, you're crying about, I was crying about my mom and the snow and all that. Each tear I shed that night, there's there's a sto- there's stories in those tears. That's a love that I'm crying about. That's somebody that I'm missing and that I'm loving. It's very natural to cry. Do drink lots of ice water. You will get dehydrated if you don't. You know, grab your ice water, take warm showers, play the music that you love. Because when we do it the opposite way, we're going to end up hiding our grief. Then the things like listening to the music and doing all that, we'll start hiding that. And we'll start feeling like we're doing things wrong. And then our grief just, we spend more time defending our grief in our heart and in our mind against people than we do grieving. Does that make sense? It does. And I, I'm also, something I studied on my path was I remember reading that people from other cultures years and years ago, uh, and probably in the United States too, but years and years ago, they'd wear um, a black band around their arm yeah. Yeah. that would signify their grieving. And so people would show yeah. them respect and they wore that band around their uh, arm for six eight months a year and people respected yeah. that be gentle on them give them space they're grieving and now you're, grieving. you're lucky if you get a weekend off 
Yeah, work. and that's a whole other you know? show about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, so it is. I think it's so wonderful, yeah. and I really thank you for just bringing grief, speaking about it instead of the grief, the unspoken, and we're speaking about it, and and to and make it something spoken, and, and it it's something that it's so easy to want to hide, but every human being, every human being is going to go through it many times and that's just the nature of living and loving and so to get people get children get get this information out there you know i just see the work that you're doing angie in time um you know you're going to get ignite other people that are going to have other ideas and ignite other grief yeah. coaches and 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 whomever with nonprofits and things like that, but you'll never see the yeah. impact that, of how far it's going to reach, because you're really making it okay to grieve. So oh. thank you. No, thank you for having me on here tonight. I I'm quite emotional, and it's and you know like I just said, um, it's okay to cry. My tears are of joy tonight, um, and gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude to have this conversation with another human being and, and, and you know, I can just remember back when the very beginning thinking these people are going to think I'm just crazy. Well, they, they still think I'm crazy, but you know, they, uh, my children have decided, we've decided that on my gravestone, it's going to say the lady of tears <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because that, that's me. And you know, it's okay to cry for good stuff and for the bad, you know, for the hard stuff. But, um, Sandra, thank you for all the work you do for connecting all of us together to help us get our message out there. Thanks, Angie. And you, honest to God, my friend, you gave me my start. Um, you had so many of your followers read my book, and I gave it away for free, if anybody didn't know that, um, just for them to read and get the impact. And it's, it helped them. It yes, helped me. Did. And just yeah. so many people. And even, you know, for you who's listening right now, um, this is my secret. Well, it's our secret because some people have listened to the show before uh, know this. But if you go to our home base, which is wedontdieradio.com, I've got all kinds of freebies there. Uh, but one of them says, you know, sign up for my email list and get a free chapter of my book. And the truth is it's my whole book. Oh, wonderful. My whole book. So um, It's your whole book? It's my whole book. I have to tell you, in all of these years, uh, I know that you're 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 you're, you're so humble, and you're not going to say it, but I'm going to say it that out of all these years, you're the only one that's ever said I will give you my whole book for free to these people, and I'll never forget that, and I'm always forever grateful. Oh, thanks, Thank you Angie. for doing that. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's it's about making a difference, and I want my. Yeah legacy to be that she made a difference in my life and uh you have in mind yeah and for every book sold i get like two bucks so it's <laughs> it's not yeah. like i'm a millionaire yeah. by book sales but i don't care yeah. i really don't care it's not about that i have a paying job intention that you set with sure. that book yeah and, and it's and that's what it's been yeah, yeah. but i mean i have a, a yeah. another business that pays the bills and i'm grateful for that and it allows me to do everything i want to do so angie i mm -hmm. want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being our guest tonight today tonight thank you for having yeah. me you're welcome and for our listener thank you for taking the time to be here uh like i said this episode is a little different because it's not uh, about the afterlife even though we believe but the truth of the matter is i would have never written my book about the afterlife had i not known how important the grief information is and you know if i said if i can lure people in with the title called we don't die and you know yeah. on these shows we do talk about grief we do talk about the afterlife but we're always about tools to live a better life while we're here so that this is one of those shows no doubt um but we do have a couple of things coming up um the afterlife symposium is coming up in september 14th through 16th in scottsdale arizona and uh that's a great place not only to find out cutting edge information about the afterlife and afterlife communications but there are some end of life helpers because you know what we're all going to cross that bridge one day and some grief help there as well um, i'll be at banyan retreat as an attendee 
March 29th through April 2nd for something called Voices from the Past. Um, great place, banyanretreat.com. I mentioned visit we don't die radio.com. I invite you to go on Facebook and check out Grief the Unspoken and National Grief Awareness Day. Visit National Grief Awareness Day at gmail.com. And if this made a difference for you and you think, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to talk to somebody. Angie is a great listener. And even if her coaching's not for you, uh, maybe take her up on her, um, complimentary call just to see maybe it is, you know, tell you to have somebody outside your family that's just going to listen and love you and help you through it can make a huge difference. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. And and, and as Angie said, grieve and do it the way you want to do it. I mean, cry, whatever that is, take care of yourself. Know that this is a, a very tough time and make yourself number one. Cause if you can't take care of you, you can't take care of anybody else. And it's a hard road. There is help. Um, but you are loved. My friend, you are loved. So I really want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.